Hello again, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Simi Pro. My name is Dalton Barrett, and in the booth with me, I've got my good friend. Hi, I'm Josh Clements. We watched a movie with Jeremy Irons. <laughs> Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons is in this movie. I would just like to say, for the record, um, last time we did an episode of this, I gave Josh the opportunity to watch one of mine and his favorite movies of all time in Mad Max Fury Road, one of the, the, the world's most perfect films. And he turned around and made me watch Assassin's Creed. And I hate him for it. And I don't okay. know that I can ever forgive him. Okay, in my defense, someone else is meant to be here to talk about Assassin's Creed, but he, he isn't. Right oh, now. we're not even going to talk about Itzum. We're going to talk about Itzum later. Uh, I'm going to have a personal one-on-one with Itzum for missing this, because he made me watch this movie and then didn't even show up while we talked about it. But that is correct. We are watching Assassin's Creed. We're going to talk about it. We're going to have a, a great time. Um, and we're going to try not to physically harm ourselves. We're going to try not to um, just quit doing the podcast altogether. We're going to try to have a great time on this episode. Try not to to end our lives. Correct. On this episode of Simi Pro. So Assassin's Creed the movie is certainly something that happened. It is, it is something that I put on my screen. I I don't know that I can quite call my experience with this movie watching, um, but I sat in front of a television while pictures moved across the screen, and that certainly happened. It, I, I, I definitely wouldn't call this movie uh, good. Uh, great, fun, uh, anything less than bad. <laughs> See, but you say that. This movie is worse than bad. Because it's, this movie is not boring. horrible. It. This movie is... Like, if you ever wanted a movie... Th- it goes even beyond fine. It's, it's like... You're really, really... No, you're not even that hungry, okay? You just you're 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 mildly hungry and you want something to eat, right? For for lunch you had like a nice steak dinner with um you know some mashed potatoes and and a and a, a you know a, a nice glass of water, right? That was your delicious lunch. So you're 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 kind of full, but you need to eat dinner or or, or, or supper. So you had your lunch. That that's the game, by the way. The nice steak dinner, maybe a T-bone. We'll go with a T-bone. No, filet mignon. So you okay, have a filet okay. mignon. I'm, I'm kind of going with you on this metaphor. I'm not fully there yet. So you have a nice filet mignon for for lunch, right? And that's the games, okay? And then for dinner, because you have to eat, you go to Wendy's and you get just like the dollar cheeseburger. It's passable. It's food. It's not even bad food. It's just boring. It 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 passes on every level but it doesn't it doesn't exceed anything it's like uh, if your first car was a lamborghini and now you're driving a nissan altima like it's like <laughs> <laughs> i i would have said that this is it feels like 
you know, okay, you know how Tropic Thunder starts off with like really awful spoof movies. Yes, this feels like one of those movies where it's like mm. it's it, it's not a movie; it's something they throw in another movie to make fun of. This this movie does have the, I guess, probably the worst trope of video game movies, which is making the movies for no one. Um, right. Yeah. It, it's too it's too far gone from the games for anyone who's a fan of the games to care, but it's also too incomprehensible for anyone else to even think about. It is far too reliant on the game's history and what has happened in the other games and and your supposed knowledge of those to make sense. But it's also not close enough to the games to 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 please those those hyper fans. Here's here's what happened. They got their writers room together and everybody was talking and everybody was arguing like they were throwing fists and screaming and spitting all over the place because they were trying to figure out where to take this movie. And this one guy, this nerd sitting at one side of the table was saying, we got to make it for the video game fans. They're going to love this. We're going to do all these video game things. And then this the 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 jock, the the like the the guy who played football in high school is standing across the table and he's like, "Yo, I think we need to make it for nobody. I think we need to make it for the casual audience because those games are for, for nerds. We just need to make Indiana Jones but, but attach the Assassin's Creed title to it." And then they were just arguing that would have been far too good. Back and, that's what this movie should have been. It should oh, have been. Like, to be fair, if you if you did that, then all you're doing is the Enchanted movie, which is coming out later this year. But but Indiana Jones, but with time travel and science fiction, would be the way to do this movie. Yes, yes, and no. Okay, so. Okay, I'm, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be nice in the movie because we're gonna rip it to shreds. Yes. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'm gonna be nice in the movie here. I think that what the, the cho- certain choices that they made were good ideas. Making it about a character who isn't in any of the games, great idea, fantastic. I agree. When it comes when it comes to a video game movie. I think it's very rare that you can do something where you use the same characters or stories from the games. Like, if this movie had been about Ezio, all it would have done is you would have had a lot of people going, I don't care about this, and a lot of other people going, this isn't as good as the games, which is what they had anyway. <laughs> right. But- <laughs> they did. Well, but the problem, I've played the first game, okay, and that's that's just about it, which this movie is just a remake of the first game. That's all it is. But and the worse. second, because they're the same game. Right. Michael Fassbender's character in this, it's is it Cal? What's his name? Yeah, Callum Lynch. Okay. Is just Ezio. They're the same character. They have no... Now, once again, Michael Fass... Okay, so Cal in this movie doesn't have a character, so I guess I'm kind of filling in the gaps. But <laughs> well, okay, so the, they're doing the, the same well, thing. Yes, yes Except no. for okay. they decided to make... The, the great idea to make the hero of your movie a murderer. Like, that's... <laughs> Right. Okay. So they are similar. Both of them come from a family of assassins. Uh, I can't remember much about um, uh, oh, what was his name? Well, whoever the main guy in the first game is, I don't care about. No, no one's cared about him for <laughs> eight games in the series now. No one cared about him when he was the main character. Um, but he he comes from a family of assassins, and he's just like, yeah, this. I don't think I'm into this. And then he goes on and becomes a bartender. That's it. And he gets kidnapped and forced to play this stuff against his will. 
Uh, Callum Lynch, his mum is murdered by his dad before the Templars show up to his house in the middle of what I can only assume is Mexico because it's got a horrible orange filter over it. And then it, he runs away, murders someone, gets put on death row, and they're like, hey, we saved you from death row. Thank us. So I was thinking <laughs> the whole time, why did they put this guy on death row? Because he, he murdered a pimp, right? One pimp. He killed, he killed a single pimp, and he got the death penalty for it? That was another thing, which is just so bizarre. I, like, I don't, I don't know how that works. How does that happen? Yeah, I mean, I, 40 years in jail? Sure. I could buy that. Had he just been, like, a, a normal prisoner who was going to jail for, for murdering killed, a pimp? Like, had he killed, like, an entire gang? Yeah, okay, I might get that, too. But it's like, also, you're supposed to sympathize with this man who is literally a murderer. But yeah, he murdered a pimp. I get that. I, you know, I'd, I'd probably do the same. Well, it's but, and I get that. So, so what they've done here is they decided, okay, who can we have this guy murder so that the audience is somewhat sympathetic to him? A pimp. Got it. Okay, but why is he on death row for that? Couldn't you have just put him in normal jail? Did he have to be right. on death row? Oh, Did he have this... to be a, a murderer? Did he have to be in jail? What? Like, I don't, I don't know the choices that went on in the I heads don't... of these people. I, the first thing that came to my mind was this is literally the same opening to Terminator Salvation. <laughs> like, straight up. Character goes on death row, character gets signed up for some science thing that he didn't care for, character wakes up with no idea where they are. Sure, yeah, you're right. Keep going, Josh. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, Terminator Salvation at least has some interesting stuff going on with it. It's got a nice setting. It's got some actual action set pieces. Terminator okay, Salvation is a freaking masterpiece compared to this movie. This movie Terminator I, Salvation I is this surprisingly not, good. This movie's not horrible. It's not, like, I've heard nothing but negative things about this movie, and I sat down and watched it, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, okay. But there's nothing, yeah, I mean, there's nothing good in this movie but there's nothing like flat out bad in this movie. This movie just no, kind of it's not horrible. It just kind of happened. Now, it is a movie that's literally made for no one. There's not a single person in the world who this movie was made for. Right, again, like this movie's not awful. It's just so bland. Every movie we watch is so bland. Uh and <laughs> this is like like you say it's not made for anyone because it's it's it changes far too much stuff from the games to be like a fan film version of that. But it's not, it's so boring that no one knew is going to care about it. I I don't know. I don't know why they made this movie the way that they did. And I also don't know how they did it because the guy who directed it also made Macbeth. He made uh, the true history of the Kelly clan or something like that. He's made a lot of movies that are genuinely really good. And it's it's got Michael Fassbender in it. He's he's an actual good actor, and I don't know I don't know how this movie turned out the way it did. It's got it's got Jim Hughes in it, and he's like he you know he's a classical Shakespearean actor, and even he doesn't want to be the, the the Michael Fassbender says things in this movie. There are lines of dialogue that are spoken that come from his mouth, and are put forth to screen somebody stood there with a microphone and a camera and recorded the things that he was saying and then after he's done talking 
every line of dialogue is so inconsequential to the narrative that it just kind of fades away. It's like um, it's like if you 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 blew a bubble, right? You know, you got a, you got your little thing, little boop, 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 and it comes out and it floats. That's that's him saying the line, and then it pops and it's gone forever, done. That's every line of dialogue spoken by any actor in this movie. But every line of dialogue is also entirely crucial to the plot. This movie is nothing but plot. There's a little bit of action, right? And the plot is a vehicle to carry that action. But every single line of dialogue is necessary to the plot, which is a problem. There's too much plot in this movie, and also not enough of it makes sense, and also it's not interesting, and also <laughs> the action is fine, but it's not great. And, and there's a lot of there's a lot of like shaky cam action, which I'm not a fan of because it just makes me feel sick. Yeah, but it was 2016. 2016. So. That, that, yeah, but that was post John Wick, and I, I I clarify movies when it comes to action in three different forms. There's pre Matrix, post Matrix, and post John Wick, and it's like like pre Matrix. There's no pre John Wick. That that's the post Matrix. Got it. Um, the the, the post Matrix bit was kind of closer to John Wick, but then Born came out, so it's really post post Matrix, post Born, pre John Wick. And then post John Wick, but like this movie came out in a time where action movies were starting to have that kind of long take. The uh, the actor becomes the stuntman, so to speak. Like it's it's the it's the idea of like one shot. You just let the actor work. You let the stuntman work. Whatever you need to do, and then it comes out, and you go, "Hey, this looks kind of fun. This looks cool. I like this." And then you move on. But this movie somehow takes that and it makes it so boring everything feels so weightless there's no like uh, okay which uh, <sighs> most of this movie's in the present which is another issue but the bits that are in the past are like there's fight scenes and he stabs people with arrows and with whatever and it's like i don't feel any impact like so, it, it feels like you just hit him with a nerf dart here's the main problem with with this movie and, and the past stuff in this movie, because you said before we started, this movie should have taken place entirely in the past. I agree. I think to do an Assassin's Creed movie and to do one well, you need to drop the future aspect from it entirely. And here's why. The, the, the games are very tongue, or at least the first game, and from what I can understand about the rest of them, they're very tongue-in-cheek with the, the animus and, and the traveling to the past and all of that stuff, because the interesting thing about that is it allows, uh, it's almost like you're playing a, a game inside of a game, and, and, and it, it, it sort of explains away all of the things that you know, video games have to, right? Like, you can't change the past or you get disconnected. You can't just kill random people or you get disconnected. You got to do your mission and you got to do the things and, and, and it's it's got to be done in this particular way so that um, the narrative of the game goes forward, which is a thing that's in most games. However, in the Assassin's Creed games, it's given a reason. You can't... W w when you take 
something that is such a clever idea for a game and really gives you a more immersive experience in a game and put that in a movie, now you're, you're two people removed from the main character of your movie. You've, you've so removed the audience. Because in the games, the, the animus aspect is sort of like it sucks you in. It puts you in the driver's seat of the game more so than probably most video games. But in a movie, it takes you from watching a character do things to watching a character remember his ancestor doing things while other people watch him in a room. And that's such a disconnect from the the actual story that's being told that it just makes the whole thing so uninteresting. So you you it, I think now maybe somebody will come along and pull it off. I don't know. Aren't they doing a, a series? An Assassin's yeah, Creed? The, uh, Netflix is doing a series, and Netflix series tend to be quite good. The the original movies are less so, but like the the original series are usually pretty well formed. Okay. Uh, so maybe they'll come along and they'll do the animus and I'll retract every statement I'm saying right here, but I don't think that aspect of it works. I think you just need to go straight to the past, do the past thing, because it's far more interesting anyway, and just drop that aspect because you're disconnecting yourself so much from that main character that it makes you really hard to get invested because you uh, you understand that you're not watching that character you're watching somebody remember things that he didn't actually experience and there's literally no way to change it so all of the the tension is just completely removed and thrown out the window and it doesn't make any sense and it's confusing and it sucks thank you uh have a good night we'll see you on the next episode of with the games, um, the Animus actually introduces a neat little thing where it's like, if you get hit in the games, uh, in, in the middle of a fight you get stabbed or whatever, your desynchronization bar goes down, which introduces this idea that like you're not losing health, you're losing desynchronization. So in the actual events, your character would have never been hit, which makes those parts in cutscenes where you get stabbed and betrayed or whatever like actually impactful because canonically he wasn't hit until that point. And it, like I say, it serves as this this way for you to just dive into this stuff without having to just dive head into it. Um, but even even with the games, by the third game, they kind of just go, yeah, we, we know that you guys don't like this modern day story. So let's just basically skip that. We'll have two or three scenes a game where you actually have to do something. Uh, and then you can keep on playing the cool parts of the game. And with with like a movie, you can just dive right into it. You can just showcase because we when we um, when he first gets put into the Animus and we first see his past, I think his name's like Aguila or something. Um, we see his indoctrination scene where he says, you know, nothing is true, everything is permitted, which is you know that's how it works. Um, <clears throat> but. You can just show that. We don't need to see this whole thing of him being hooked up to some weird BDSM machine and watching a movie while other people watch the same movie. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't need, I don't think you need it. You don't need that aspect of the story at all. You know, no, no. like it's so, it's so bizarre that they chose. I mean, they they made the animus a bit more sort of epic in scale with this one. I was going just... to say this is the thing I was going to say that that you're going to hate. I think the animus in this is much better than the animus in the game. Not only just better in general, it's also significantly better 
um, from a movie standpoint, because when you do cut back, it's not just a dude laying on a table. It's a dude like doing things. That's it. I, I love. I love that they kept the animus from the games because it just show it just be him laying on the table going, ooh. I mean, I guess the um, Matrix did it. I mean, the Matrix. The Matrix had an interesting modern day thing going on. Yeah, they, uh, they like I said, made... you don't need that, and it so removes you from your character. Like in the Matrix, it's the same characters, right? They're in the Matrix and they're out of the Matrix, and it's the same thing, right? They're sitting on a in a chair, like it's the same thing. It's the same character. I mean, in this, it's not the same character. Michael Fassbender in the past as Aguilar is not Michael Fassbender in the present as Cal. So you're watching some guy watch memories that is not him. And it, it, it's it's so disconnected from who your main character is supposed to be, which is Cal, that you literally don't care. And on top of that, they made him, you know, a murderer. So you already don't really care if you're, you don't know if you're supposed to be rooting for him or not. I, I don't know. It, it's such a weird, weird thing to do. And it, this movie kind of rots your brain in the sense that uh, it's really, it, the decisions that they made behind the scenes don't make sense. Um, like, they're not the worst decisions I've ever seen in a movie. I've definitely seen filmmakers make worse decisions, but there are so many just like, why did you choose to do that? moves in this movie that it really starts to add up oh yeah like it it it's so it's just so bizarre it's so bizarre in so many ways um dumb is the word you're looking for josh bizarre bizarre is kind of a good stand-in but you're looking for the term dumb yeah i mean pretty much uh, like i said the, the animus in this is actually i think it's a little bit cooler plus it makes a bit more sense where it's, you see him running around uh I, i'm a little bit curious as to how certain things work because if he's moving forward at some point the animus must go back which is uh, i mean they never showed it because they didn't know how it works either um, well, and i think but does it make sense suspension of disbelief <laughs> suspension of disbelief um, but yeah, I've already the... suspended my disbelief so much. <laughs> Don't make me do it anymore, Josh. <laughs> well, okay. They they so the Templars are doing all this because they want to find the Apple of Eden because uh, Jumi wants to uh, be like the leader. Of, they they want to get rid of free will because they don't think people can be trusted with it. Which is that that's more or less ripped from the game. Um, the, and so they're using Cal to find it, which is again ripped from the game. They used to use assassins to try and hunt down artifacts of Eden. And uh, the movie kind of just jumps between these really cool set scenes where it's in, I, I think, Inquisition Spain. Uh, and then it, it's like, hey, this is this is really cool and this is a lot of fun. So we can't really have you watching this whole thing. And it just goes back to boring modern day where he's like lounging around with a load of prisoners who hate him for no reason. Literally, but the, the, all you have to do is set up the beginning of this movie. They recruit a guy. He goes into the machine. He goes back to the past and they say, you're looking for this artifact so that we know where it's at. He goes, he finds it, blah, 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 blah. The movie happens, right? Your main chunk of the movie. You come back to modern day. Now they've got the garden, the, the apple of Eden, and then they reveal their big villain plot. End of movie. 
We've just all you do is just rearrange some stuff. You don't need all the modern day stuff. You don't need. I don't care about Cal Lynch whatsoever. Once again, I mean, I don't care about anybody in this movie because nobody is a character. But but you don't you I, don't need that. Well, that I, they they try and do a few things to make him interesting. Like I said, they try and make him not an assassin, so all of the actual assassins hate him because they're like you're gonna betray our order and he's just like i don't know who any of you are i don't care about any of this i just want to go home but they already Uh, did that in a story that right you could play like and it's much better (laughs) like it's so much i will say this movie would make a great video game yeah yeah i'd love to play as uh as, as a guila in the game because that would be a lot of fun. This he seems very cool. The the plot of this movie, the exact thing, would make a great game. If it was early... Assa- there, there's no other Assassin's Creed movies or, or games. They don't exist. This movie comes out and... I'm and I watch it with no prior knowledge of Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed doesn't exist in this hypothetical world I've created. The what I'm walking away from this movie saying is, yeah, this movie would make a great video game. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, it, because it is just it, the first game. It's certainly not good enough to be a movie. <laughs> I it's it, uh, everything in this movie is like I wish I were playing this instead of watching it. I, I, I when, wish when I were I, doing these things instead of just watching I, someone do them. Once I finished the movie, I just thought I, I'm going to replay the first game <laughs> because it was all the movie did was go. Hey, do you remember that first game that we released that was kind of rough around the edges but a neat idea? Yeah, groundbreaking it, as well. I mean, like yeah, it was, it was a groundbreaking game in terms of. To sort of what it did for the franchise and what it did for the third person adventure games in general. And it's just, it's so, it's so dumb that it, they, they tried to be original, but they weren't original enough. And I don't know why they didn't just go full on off the deep end. Having be an assassin at the start, having be an assassin who gets kidnapped, like that's, that's infinitely more interesting than seeing the person that we've already seen in the games. But just with a different name, right? With a different name, and also I don't know. His dad's his dad's a dick, and he's fat and old now, and he's like, "I murdered your mother." <laughs> Sean Connery plays his dad. <laughs> I slapped. <laughs> okay, deep breaths, Josh. Yeah, this is most of the movie is just him bumming around this prison facility, and some of the assassins try and fight him. Because they're gonna, he's gonna betray the order and give them the apple. But remember, it's not, I, it's not prison because he can leave when he wants until he can't, and then he can't. But when, when he doesn't want to leave, he can leave whenever he wants. But when he doesn't, he can't leave. It, when he he can leave whenever he wants, he just has to get past all of the armed guards and the prison cells and the prison jumpsuits and the stuff that totally is in prison. And Michael K. Williams, for some reason, this movie is stacked with good actors, and they do nothing. I don't know how they got all of these actors I, to sign on to this movie. I, I can only assume that the guy who made it has some kind of blackmail against them. Or that, they that, paid them that, a lot of money. What was the budget of this movie? Let's see if I can you know, find it. <laughs> take pleasure bet. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with a cool two hundred and fifty million. Okay. What's your, uh, what's your budget? Did you? How much did you say? I said two hundred and fifty. I've got the budget up here now. 
It was only $125 million. How did they get these people? Yeah, I, I don't know how I don't know how they did this. Look, I, I don't know. Michael K. Williams and Michael Fassman, the short, they've been in plenty of bad movies. Uh, the French woman who's boring the entire movie, who you thought was Kristen Stewart, she's right. she's Fake in Kristen Stewart. She's in plenty of bad movies too. It, Jeremy Irons is the only real like outlier there. Yeah, because he I, was in Batman v Superman. So it, yeah, but I had potential. Yeah, but the script was still bad. Maybe Jeremy yeah, Irons doesn't read scripts before he signs on. Maybe he just trusts. I, I know that's. I think that's what like. Uh, I think that's what Christopher Lee used to do. He used to just sign on for movies, which he knew would be awful, and he was just like, "I'm getting paid, so I don't care." Right. But they didn't pay him that much because this movie only cost 125 million dollars. Um, you know? Do you know what this movie is? This movie is the worst version of Prince of Persia. Ah, uh, yeah. I was gonna say this movie. Yeah, probably. You're probably right. It, all I could think of while watching it was, man, Prince of Persia said at the time is such a fun movie. <laughs> this movie is, if you took all of the, the, the most boring aspects, just the plot, literally just the plot and exposition from uh, Raiders, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, you got rid of all the fun characters right. and the nice action set pieces. Correct. The, Noah with Russell Crowe. And I haven't seen it, but the, I, I'll, I'll take your word for it. And the Terminator. Take take those three. Those the, the most boring exposition things. Just pick a Terminator movie. It doesn't matter. They're all the same anyway. Pick pick the most boring exposition from all of those, and just come and, and don't even like take different aspects. Just kind of put them in a blender. Until you get like a weird gray mush, pour it into a cup and let Michael Fassbender drink it. That's Assassin's Creed the movie. I'm also I'm also really pissed off because this movie used the Spanish Inquisition as like a background for all of its the, the more interesting stuff, and that's that's a time period that they haven't explored in the games, and it'd be really fun to explore that. Like I will it, say one thing while we're talking about time periods: the design. Um, oh God, yeah, of yeah. the. the the, the suit. The, yes, the suit and the set design. Gorgeous. Absolutely like my, gorgeous. My my congratulations go out to the suit designer, the concept artist, and the set designer. Everyone else is <laughs> the scum of the earth. To me. The music was weird. Yeah, that that was a, I remember when the trailer first came out. I think they used the Kanye West song in the in the trailer. And it uh, when they released the teaser for the Netflix thing, which is literally just them saying Assassin's Creed coming soon. Um they used the theme song from the games and it's like in that one in that one 5 second teaser, they displayed more interest and knowledge and care and heart than any of this movie did. That's somebody in the writers room of this movie had knowledge of the game. I will say that because there's way too much weird game stuff in there for them to have not. Well, yeah, they, another weird part is they included the Apple of Eden, which is a very big part of the the video games. And I think I think they established that there's more than one Apple of Eden. But even then, it's weird to reuse that one specific part. Because um, the the later games took some more liberties, and I think you you find like the spear of Jesus, uh, the spear of Alexander, is it, uh, or the sword of Alexander? One of something Alexander owned. Um, 
you you find that which is you know another uh, precursor to human race artifact that looks kind of cool it's got all glowy gold stuff in it um i don't know why they reused the apple of eden uh and Just i know do that you had a lot of fun I know you had a lot of fun with how they explain the Apple of Eden. Very much like um, Noah starring Russell Crowe, which I think I've decided I'm going to make you watch because I I'm actually genuinely think you'll like it. I'm fine with that. Much like that movie, it's very fun for me to pick apart the biblical aspects of a movie that in no way ever acted like it cared about biblical accuracy. And I shouldn't be picking apart these these aspects. Um, first things first. Like, this is just very clear, straightforward. Um, this one does actually make sense. The, the, the forbidden fruit in the Bible. There's a lady who straight up, like, quotes the scripture. And it's not, like, in the Bible, but she's talking about it as if the Bible says it. Um, that the, the apple of Eden contains the seed of Adam and Eve. None of that is true. None, <laughs> none of that is from, from the Bible. Number one, it's not an apple. Um, the, it's like a tennis ball. <laughs> the, well, no, I mean in the Bible. They never say it's an apple. That's, nev- that's not in there at all. It's just a fruit. Um, like they don't ever say that it's an apple or, 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 or they don't give anything specific. They just say it's, it's a fruit. Also the seed thing is, is weird. And this is a part, and I know like in the games it makes sense, but I'm talking strictly talking about the movie here. Um, cause this movie is its own separate thing, even though maybe it's not, but it is in my head. I know they, I mean, they're never going to acknowledge it again. Ever not, not a single time. In in this movie, they present it as they don't present Adam and Eve in the way that the games do, as Adam and Eve being the last of the 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 race of humans that lived b- before humans. In this movie, they just make the 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 connection that Adam and Eve were were humans. They ate of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, or in this, the apple of Eden, and they gained free will. That's the way this is presented. But how did they make the free will decision to eat of the fruit if they didn't have free will before they ate of said fruit? Do you have an explanation, Josh? Um, well, in Assassin's Creed 2, uh, you find these little hieroglyphics which show you Adam and Eve escaping from quote-unquote Eden. And they're just kind of two naked humans who uh, hop through a barn, open a door, and they find a prehistoric civilization. Uh, and I think that's about it. But they're all shiny um, in the game, right? Adam and yeah, they're, all... they're, everything's, everything in the game is all white and shiny and got like little gold accents to it. It's quite cool. Uh, but in this movie, that's, that's not the case. <laughs> in, this, in this movie, they do do they do a nice little neat thing where the Apple of Eden in the games is something that fits into your hand quite comfortably. Like it, it's probably closer to the size of uh, maybe an orange. I was going to go with the with a, with like a like a mandarin orange. Yeah, yeah, a, pr- a pretty big orange. You know, it fits. You have to open up your hand to get it. Slightly smaller uh, than a grapefruit. Yes, slightly smaller than a grapefruit. 
about the same, slightly bigger than an apple. Uh, and in this movie, they find it with Chris Columbus, who was an assassin. I and loved that, by the way. I loved the <laughs> whole Columbus thing. The whole the whole idea of Christopher Columbus making an appearance in this movie. Uh, Michael Fassbender escapes being killed with the apple, and he's just like sitting there, and he hands it to this guy, and they go, "It's Chris Columbus. He was an assassin. He was a friend of the assassins." And I just. I, my head fell right into my hands. It's like the scene from Mortal Kombat Annihilation where Liu Kang turns into a giant lizard. My, my jaw hit the floor. <laughs> and yeah, so they find they find the, the apple in his tomb and it's like chiseled off a little bit. So now there's an inner apple, which was, I guess, a neat way of making it distinct. Uh, and Jeremy Irons holds it up and a load of green stuff flies out of it. And he's like, this. I, I'm very confused there because I was like, is this free will? Because you're just giving it away. Like, I don't, I don't know what this is that's flying out of your hand as you hold it. Um, but my thing, the whole free will thing, I kind of get. I kind of get the, the idea. Thing was like the human idea that they had, humans, and then no one thought more about it. Right. Well, that's the problem. Nobody thought about it. And if you think about that for like twenty seconds, you, the people. Let's say I'm Germer, and I'm trying to steal people's free will. I'm trying to take all free will away from humanity. Am I not taking away my own free will to take uh, yeah, away free will from humanity? Is it, isn't, it seems very pick and choose. In well, which case, how are you going to pick like 7 billion people? Also, define free will in the context of this movie. Because my understanding of free will was like, everything still happens, but it's... Because some people, there are people who don't believe in, in, in free will, like, in the way, in our real world, in the way the world works. There are tons of people who don't believe in that, but things still happen. Like, people are still people, they just don't get to... It's, it's predetermined what they do. That, that, that's my understanding of the way free will works but apparently in this movie free will is just the ability to make bad choices but i don't think it i don't think it's bad choices as much as it's just like good or bad choices like just the the thought of choosing things for yourself is now gone and everything is predetermined but who gets to determine that is it germer or 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 what i don't know they... <laughs> calm down take a breath uh, the the way that they made it seem was that they were going to use this ability to control free will to get rid of crime and death and all of these things. But that's not free will. You're just eliminating evil. You're not taking away people's... I guess you are theoretically taking away people's choices. Like, but These things are illegal anyway. But But if you take away people's choices... If you take away the, the the ability for people to make choices, bad things are still going to happen. It's just, but who's in control? When you take away free will, is Jeremy Irons in control? Or Germer, as it were? Is he in control of what happens? I, I guess so. But okay, Does that make Jeremy happened. Irons God? Here's what happened, right? There were three screenwriters, three credited screenwriters in the movie, and then there's three people who made the game which went uncredited. And I can only assume that one of these three people were like, hey, what if the apple was free will? And that's why Adam and Eve bit into it. Because then they controlled free will, which got them kicked out of Eden. And 
the two other people who had no clue how the Bible works went, hey, that's a pretty neat idea. What can we do with that? And at which point the director came in and was like, hey, we need this movie written. We're shooting in five minutes. And they just went, oh, OK, uh, uh, Jeremy Iron, Jeremy used free will to control the world. The end. But what? It's... There was no thought put into this movie whatsoever. No, none. Like I said, the free will thing. There are people, tons of different people from different different religions, different sects of separate religions, different uh, di- different t- tons of different people across the the entire entire world who don't believe in free will in, in like a like a like a real world sense. They they think that everything is predetermined. It's gonna happen. You have the quote unquote illusion of free will. This is the thing I I. So I, I do some study into theology. This is a thing. It's not just in Christianity. It's in it's in tons of different religions. There are people who just don't believe that human beings have free will. You have the illusion of it because you think you're making choices, but everything has been predetermined and set out from the very beginning of time. That doesn't mean that bad things don't happen. Like that. That's not right, what that yeah. means. It just means you don't have the choice to choose good or bad. It's already been chosen for you. But bad things still happen. People still do bad things. They just haven't made the choice to do that. So unless somebody is in control, which would be Dürmer, who wants to, who wants to determine what people are doing, number one, that doesn't eliminate bad things because he's still doing a bad thing to get there. He kidnapped a murderer. I yeah, this movie's so dumb. There's a, there's another part where where uh, Spender like finds they they show him his dad uh and they're like Murf, hey your dad. as it were Murf, but they show him his dad and they that's go where, that's the town i live in <laughs> uh they show him his dad and they're like hey he killed your mom you know and they're like he needs to be able to choose for us to find the apple reader i'm like does he because you, you just force him into this thing and it seems to be going pretty well so far like the, the yeah, idea, died, the but... idea of free will in an Assassin's Creed property is really brilliant, because in the Animus, right, at least from the game perspective and from the movie perspective, when they choose to, you know, talk about this, and when they don't, it doesn't matter. Um, you don't have the ability to choose what you're doing. If you do, then you get disconnected from the Animus. That's how the games work, right? So you lose your aspect of free will when you go into the Animus because you're living memories. They've already happened. They are predetermined, as it were, to use that term again. So that aspect is such a neat idea to play around with, to center the plot of your movie around the idea of free will, whether it exists or not, whether things are just going to happen, if things are inevitable, is this is, is free will real, is it not? But we're in this game and the past happened and there's no way to change it because we're in the future and, and all these different things. But they drop the ball in every single aspect because the way they go about explaining it doesn't make sense. There's such a great idea there. Probably one of the more brilliant ideas that that could be done with an Assassin's Creed property is the idea of playing with free will. Because the entire plot of the game is that you don't have free will. So playing with that as the theme of your story is such a brilliant idea, but it doesn't make any sense because nobody cared about anything. And I just, I hate it. 
Well, I, yeah, I mean, and the fact that there's been, uh, I don't know how many there are now, there's must be around like 10, maybe 12 Assassin's Creed games. 15, and, 20, 25. <laughs> 462. Um, but none of them has played around this idea of uh, uh, gameplay choice in terms of choosing your own path. There's been, you can choose your protagonist, but that's about it. Um, and, and this would have been such a neat, Again, this would have worked a million times better as a game. Like, playing around with free will, where you actually have the free will to choose how your game goes. But they don't do that, because, again, this movie wants to be the most boring thing imaginable. There's, there's parts in the movie that might be hinting towards this idea of free will, and even then it doesn't make sense. Like, like when he finds his dad, they give him a blade, and they expect him to kill him. And he goes, like, he's like, I hate you, dad. You killed mom. <laughs> and he went, yeah, I killed mom. For, for the creed and he goes I won't kill you for the creed and I'm just I'm, why this entire thing you don't care about the creed you clearly don't care about the creed and then this happens and you go yeah okay you know what maybe the creed's not all bad I kind of like the creed uh, you know it's it's my favourite Christian rock band <laughs> <laughs> it's my favourite movie starring Michael B. Jordan <laughs> Michael B. Jordan <laughs> or Mubbagen, as it were. Oh. It, it's so... It's so stupid. And then the movie just ends with them... Him... Oh, God, there, there's that weird part of the ending where he's seen, like, all of the assassins, and he sees... I think it, it, Sophia might be her name. She sees, like, herself as an assassin. And I'm like, is she part of the... Like, an assassin's bloodline? And then they just drag her away, and they never mention it again. Well, this movie was very clearly supposed to have a sequel. And it very well, yeah. clearly will not. But it was supposed to. <laughs> if, if the series, if the Netflix series makes mention of it, I will laugh. I do hope. If it takes anything, if the Netflix series takes anything from this movie, which I hope it does not. But if it does, I hope it's the neat live action version of the Animus with the weird gloves. And the goofy looking belt. I hope they take that. Streamline it a yeah. little bit, but I like it. The um the, the costumes that they wore at the end when they became full day modern day assassins made me laugh because it's like on the silhouette it looks the same as the, the really cool past outfits. Uh-huh. Um and then it zooms in, they're just wearing like a dressing gown. Just <laughs> <laughs> hurts I've ever seen. I do like I, I do really like the 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 costume design from the past. It's really good. And yeah, the, the, it, it has such a nice like texture to it, where it looks kind of wooden, but yeah. it's not. Very, very, um, very great work, whoever whoever made that. I freaking commend you. You're one of well, the that, greatest. You to work on this movie and put so much care into that. Like I, I, I just I don't. Beautiful, to, beautiful to, work. To, to Sammy Sheldon, who was the costume designer of this movie, uh, I just want to I want to shout you out for being such a fucking star, Sammy, of, of uh, if, person. It, Sammy, if you're listening or watching this right now, your work did not go unnoticed. I know it got outshined by how horrible this film is, <laughs> and I know nobody has talked about. Or because nobody wants to praise anything in this movie, so nobody's talked about it, right? Your work got complete. Your 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 beautiful work got completely ignored by the world. You are 
recognized, you're important, and we care about you. Thank you very much, Sammy, whatever your last name is. Sheldon. Sheldon. Sammy Sheldon. Thank you very, very much for putting so much care into something that you had no business putting that much care into. I would also I also want to shout out Tina Jones, who was the set designer for the movie, for along with Sammy Sheldon, just being a star of a person. For a being stud. just just a chat of a person. Mm. Uh because these these two people, there there is a significant lack of heart in this movie. But those two people, Sammy and Tina, they showed more heart in their tiny contributions to the movie than anyone else in this film did. <sighs> well, this, this, this was such a miserable experience. <laughs> I don't know where to go from here. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Do you want to? How about we watch Noah next week? Because I think we both need to cheer ourselves up, <laughs> and we need to watch a movie that's actually good. So, well, maybe we shouldn't watch watch Noah. Noah's pretty good. I think you'll like it. I've only, the only thing I've seen from Noah is, uh, uh, I think it's the angel designs, but they're not angels, they're fallen angels, yeah, which would make pretty neat. demons. They're big rocks. <laughs> they're big rocks. They're big rocks. Um, uh, I don't remember the, the, the proper term, um, but yeah, they're they're an actual biblical thing. But they don't look like giant rocks in, in the Bible, but... <laughs> Oh no, in the Bible they look like an eye surrounded by a load of rings and I'm pretty some sure wings. I'm pretty sure these dudes in the Bible just look like humans. Yeah, but then you know. <laughs> I'm waiting for I'm waiting for a movie to do biblical angels properly. I'm hoping the chosen does it. I'm holding out hope, but we'll see. <laughs> this yeah, is, uh, have you noticed how we're talking about everything except Assassin's Creed? <laughs> correct. It's uh <laughs> alright, we'll do Noah next week. Uh, starring Russell Crowe before he was in the Fortnite movie, um, and then now we the week after. <laughs> we're just gonna go. We're gonna watch every Russell Crowe movie, but only the bad ones. The uh, the the Sam Amy watch long is still coming along. We're just sorting stuff out. Yeah, we're ju- we'll, we'll get it. We'll get it figured out. Maybe Einstein will join us for Noah because that's uh, that's a story in, in his religion as well. So, I was gonna say, is that is that part of the Quran too? Yeah, it's well, it's part of the Torah. And, the Torah, uh, right. yeah, we 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 we're, we're Torah buddies, so we will uh, we'll do that, I guess. Josh, do you want to close this out? My my brain is melted trying to comprehend this movie's understanding of free will, and um, I just I well, don't. Quite frankly, I don't want to do it. <laughs> and you've lost the free will to live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, thank you, everyone, for listening to us ramble about this movie, which makes no sense, and I'm never going to watch again. Uh, and we hope that you join us next week for our discussion of Noah. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and we will see you later.